Oh, yes. We're uh, having a wonderful time down here. We're right on the beach, and I need a beach so we can see the ocean out to Catalina and all the boats going by. And we have all three antennas up here uh, to where uh, people are walking by and asking all about ham radio. Hi, this is Peter Barber, N6RES from Huntington Beach. Uh, he's a KC6 DIA, uh, 97-year-old ham. But it's, again, it's a lot of fun going on between people. It is, it's the radios, it's the fun, it's the fellowship and the friendships uh, that all come together just make it for a very magical weekend. Oh, hi, Ted. This is Gary Wilson, uh, K2GW. Uh, from New Jersey. I'm the section emergency coordinator for Southern New Jersey. We spoke on email yesterday. We're here in Huntsville, Alabama, and this is a special edition of QSO Live from the Huntsville Hamfest at the Vaughn Bronze Center. Coming to you over WBCQ Monticello, Maine on 7415 kilohertz and WRMI Radio Miami International on 9955 kilohertz. Here's your host, Ted Randall. Hey, we are live, and we are in Huntsville, and this is the Huntsville Ham Fest, and uh, we're having we're having a load of fun. We just went just got back from the flea market, and uh, boy, I'll tell you what, talk about a crowd. <laughs> we could hardly we could hardly navigate inside the flea market, but a uh, lot of stuff there, a lot a lot of stuff. And uh, Charlie Everson's been running around here. I, I've seen him three or four times, and. Boy, we've got we've got all kinds of folks here now. Which mic, Matt is she on? Number two. Okay, all right, there we go. With us here at our our QSO broadcast booth, <laughs> we're having a hard time getting her headphones on here. Uh, we have Marie Esnault with us, and we had an interview with her back some time ago on QSO. And uh, boy, she had she had a story to tell, and it was interesting. Can, can, can you hear us? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, get get right up to that microphone. Yeah. Actually, okay, that's uh, that's one of those Heil microphones. That's one of those PR forties. <laughs> so, how are you doing today? Fine. It's a big crowd here. Oh yeah have you have you been have you been out to the flea market area? No. No. Well, it's it's pretty crowded. I'll tell you. You gotta when you go out there, you have to kind of prepare that you're going to be moving kind of slow. Is, uh, there's a lot of lot of congestion in the aisleways and whatnot. So tell tell me a little bit. Now we were uh, we we did our we did a radio interview together. You and I, and we talked and talked and talked for quite some time. And the story at the time was the fact uh, I had uh, run across Martin Jew here last year from MFJ, and he said you have to talk to Marie Esnault. I said, well, who is Marie Esnault? He said, well, she just passed her general class ham ticket. And, um, and then he was telling me your age. Now, women aren't supposed to get on the radio and tell her age. 82. You know? <laughs> 82 years old and passed her general ticket. So now I, I was just tickled to death to hear that. And then we got on and we started talking and we found out, uh, lo and behold, that your husband had been a very, very active ham and had been involved in all of the uh, Oscar program. And so why don't you tell us, when we re- revisit this a little bit, tell us a little bit about his, uh, his uh, adventures with the, with the Oscar Satellite Program. Well, we moved to California, and we were there, and my husband went to an amateur radio meeting. This was in Palo Alto, Los Altos area. 
And when we, uh, he went to an amateur radio meeting and met a bunch of fellas. And one night, this fella knocked on our door and he came in and he says, I want you to help me put up the first civilian satellite, which became Oscar. And my, he was there for about an hour and told my husband all about it. His name was Fred Hicks. I don't know. He's not, he's deceased also. Well, he, he told my, uh, my, he told my husband about it. It took about an hour. And when he left, my husband said, told him, well, I'll help you if I can. So when the man was gone, my husband said to me, I think the guy's got rocks in his head, but I'll help him anyway <laughs> to put up a civilian satellite. So anyway, this, as the story goes, believe it or not, they did do it, as you all know, and they put up, I think we were on Oscar 1, 2, and 3, and they had a, my husband had the job of scrounging for material and everything. But the reason my husband never thought that we'd get on is because of the money it costs. So my husband had the job of going to all these different vendors and asking them for would they donate stuff, but they couldn't use it to, for any publicity. And so he got the equipment and then they built it. And that's how they... And then what happened is someone told Edward R. Murrah that there was about six hams in Northern California that were wanting to put up the first civilian satellite. And Edward R. Murrow told President Kennedy. And President Kennedy, as I've heard it over the years, was supposed to have kicked a chair across the room and says, that's exactly what we're looking for, peaceful use of space. And, I, and after that, they had no trouble getting everything <laughs> Well, that's, you know, that is just uh, an amazing story. You know, I mean, it really is. And, and, and of course, everyone that's in amateur radio has, is familiar with the Oscar satellites, you know. And, and, and they, if they have never operated or worked a satellite, at least they're aware of it and they know about them and they've seen pictures and they've heard stories, you know. So it's, it's interesting to meet someone who was involved in the actual pioneering of it, you know, which, which your husband was. Now, um... I'm just curious, what inspired you to go ahead and, and study and get the general class ticket? Well, because my husband was so much into, into the radio and everything. And, well, uh, and so anyway, I, uh, pay, I went and took the, the general core. The, the, the first one, the technician. The technician, yes, yeah. I took the technician and passed it, and my husband was so elated. So then later on, when it went on the, 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 when it went on the computer, and my husband had then passed away. I started, my son bought, got all the cards and was pr- studying from cards, and then I... He says, here's the cards, and I decided, no, I like QRZ better to, to learn it. Mm-hmm. So I studied it, and I one day passed it. And when I came home, and I have four sons, when I told my oldest son I passed that test, he almost had it. He was jumping up and down. Oh, my God, you passed that? I'll never do that. <laughs> so you, you studied, then you, you went up and used the question pool on QRZ. 
Uh, That's know, how I did it. I don't know if Fred Lloyd is listening, but but that'll make him proud. He's the fellow. He's the he's the owner of of, of QRZ. Oh. That website, you know, so he's a good fellow. That'll make him happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so you, you passed it. Your son was happy. Now, have you, you do, have you do, done much hamming now that you got the general? I ham a little, but I've got a lot of problem with static. And Martin was telling me I got, I got another antenna I have to get put up. And he says, you need to go to the ham radio meeting. And now some of those guys will come over and help you get that up. So I guess I have to do that. Get, get, get a, a decent antenna system up outside where you're not. Plus, the static is too much on my what I'm doing. I talk some. I think the last call I had was, was um, I do the East Coast the most, but I was San Diego. I was the last one. I thought that was pretty good because I'm mostly on the Northeast that but, I. Well, now, you know, you're, you are a total inspiration to somebody out there that that's thinking about class license or or wondering if they can pass it now of course you had your husband with you for so long so you probably you you were able to pick up on a lot of things i know a lot about it right so it was a little easier for you to to go down and and study because you at least had some idea what it was all about but all in all the fact that here is a lady that's 82 years young that's gone down and passed the general class license is uh, is a significant thing, and I think that's a tremendous inspiration to anyone that's even thinking about getting a ham license. Well, me and my son were hamming, and we had a, a transmission with this man in Virginia, and my son always tells him, he says, you know, my mother has her license a couple of months, and she, she just... Um, she just passed the test, he says, to this man. And he says, you know, she's 81 years old. And so this g- guy comes back to us and he says, I just want you to know one thing. He says, I want, you're an inspiration to me. I'm a college professor study, and I'm going to use you to make my kids <laughs> do better. <laughs> Well, that's a, that's really cool. So now, what what bands do you operate on? What do you like to do? Twenty most? and ten. Twenty and ten meters. Well, ten meters has been open quite a little bit. I noticed there's been activity on ten. We haven't had in a while, and that's a good thing. We're maybe finally getting some sunspot activity back. You know, that's a that's you know that's been something we've missed. And of course, all the HF bands have not had the activity on them. But a lot of times, I think those bands are open. And nobody's there. <laughs> you know, they just assume they're not there. There's no, there's no one home, you know. So. You, you know, what, uh, what, what, we traveled a lot across the country when we first got married. But no matter what town we'd go to, my husband knew somebody in that town from Ham Radio. And he'd call them up. And we, I have had great experiences with these total strangers, but they knew my husband from Amateur Radio. Yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting when you, when you start meeting people from across the country that when you do traveling, it's like you know someone in every yeah, town. Yeah. You can think, well, wait a minute, you know, we're here in, uh, in Huntsville. Well, I know Charlie Emerson here. I know, you know, you, there's somebody, you know, that you know. When we were in Spokane, Washington, we even got invited to Thanksgiving dinner at a ham's house. Really? Did they serve ham? No. No. <laughs> Turkey. <laughs> Oh man, I couldn't resist that. That's you know, uh, what was it? Uh, we we took uh, we took some pictures 
somewhere, I forget what it was, and somebody was calling uh, calling us country hams because we were south of the Mason-Dixon line. So we were, we were, we were country hams, and we weren't. weren't uh, anyways, okay. <laughs> so what, what is your call sign? Well, I just recently took over my husband's call, W4IJC, International Junk Company or International Junk Collector or India, Japan, China. That's a much better call than what I had, fried green noodles. <laughs> <laughs> fried green noodles, although that's something you don't forget. You, know, somebody, you talk to somebody and they give those phonetics to you, you just don't forget it. Okay, so your call is W4IJC. Right. And... Uh, it's well, a vanity. That's what they call them, vanity calls. I'll tell you something. You uh, you really give us a lot of inspiration thinking about the fact that, you know, and then, I you know, the other thing, too, is that you, you, you seem to, like, you really enjoy ham radio. Oh, some, I do. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, tell us a little Tell us a little bit about uh, Martin Jew. How did you wind up meeting Martin? My, well, my husband would sell to Martin. Oh, really? <laughs> and Martin, when Martin found out who he was with Project Oscar, he'd always say, here comes my star. <laughs> <laughs> they became good friends. Well, you know, um, I guess I was going to say, uh, he was real, you know, he, he called me aside and he said, you've got to interview this lady. You've got to talk to her. And uh, he wrote your name and your call sign down and all that, you know, and but he was, he was just so gun-ho. I mean, it was, uh, you know, he was really just all excited. He said, you, she's got her ham license. You just need to talk to her. First of all, we all, we all like Martin, you know. Yeah, he's, we do, too. He's not coming today, you know. Well, that's what, that's what you were saying. saying he's, uh, he's, uh, his wife's coming home from China, so he's going to meet her. That's why he didn't come, because he was supposed to come, but he says it didn't work out right, so he's got to pick her up. <laughs> you know his his beginnings though I remember the very first thing that he built I believe was the MFJ CW filter a little filter uh, audio filter for CW and uh, it was awesome the thing really really worked the uh, I was very skeptical when I first saw it and I remember the rig I had at that time I think it was a Drake TR4 or something like that and of course I didn't have any of the CW filters or anything I got that and wired it into the audio circuit and put a pair of headphones on and my goodness that thing worked well it really really did and we had it um it was something that uh was really innovative at the time and of course he sold so many of them uh that then he just started adding products and adding products and adding products and then now the thing that the one of the things he has that just totally intrigues me are these antenna analyzers you know, you connect those things up to an antenna, and uh, they tell you everything you want to know. You know. Well, what are you going to see here today? Do you have any? Have you, have you got any any goals? Anything that you want to? Well, I w- was told to come and see you. <laughs> so you 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 came to see me. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm I really appreciate that, and I I, I, I it's it's really good meeting you. We had we had a great radio show. We did. Matter of fact, folks, if you. Uh, if you take and uh, go up on the website, you can find the uh, the radio show, the QSO with with Marie Esnault, and uh, uh, you can download it. I don't know if it's indexed on iTunes. It may be, it may not be. I don't know, but you can go up there up to the website and and download that podcast, and uh, it's it's really it's really good. We really get into it, didn't we? We just yeah. talked and talked about all kinds of things. 
Uh, while, while you are sitting there, I've also got another gentleman sitting here. And which, which mic is that? Four? On number four. Okay. And I've got, uh, I think I went a little, little high there on the game. Okay. I've, got, I've got Jack Cox sitting here with us. And Jack is with the Williamson County and Amateur I, oh, Radio Emergency Service. We're the, we are the Aries Group in Williamson County, Tennessee. Okay, get up just a little bit. Uh, okay, just a little bit closer. Yeah, yeah. We oh. got a lot of background noise. Okay, in here, so. we can do this. And, and have you met Marie? I have met her son. When she was talking to you, and mm-hmm. I was talking to her son, so I have the background on it. And uh, and congratulations, Marie, on passing your exam and uh, at your young age. Thank you. <laughs> um, their group in Williamson County has got to be one of the best organized and one I, I would have to say if, if if I lived closer by I think that would that's that's the group I would be involved in because it seems like they've always got something going on they're always doing something cool and I had a friend of mine call me up one day I, I don't know when this was and he said have you got a you've got a two meter radio around somewhere and I said yeah and he said tune tune in and listen to these guys out here in Williamson County and I tuned it in and they had um, uh, a Boy Scout camp, I believe it was going, but anyways, they had all these these scouts on the air, and they were talking, and there were hams talking to the to the to the scouts, and it was really cool. I mean, these guys, these kids were having a load of fun, and of course, they were getting acquainted with ham radio, and it was a pretty organized effort. One of the, you know, it was just it was just very cool. Uh, we've been very fortunate. Uh, a couple of our parents who are hams, and their sons are scouts. And so we have actively gone after uh, a large contingent of scouts in Williamson County. Specifically, we work with Troop 137. Uh, they have their own ham station at the scout location they call the barn. And with a combination of the scoutmaster is a ham himself. And uh, the combination of the interest from the parents and the scoutmaster and the our group, the Williamson County Aries, just piggybacked on with that, and uh, we have helped them put up uh, some additional equipment. They have an Echo Link station out there at the uh, scout camp, and we, the big thing we've done, Ted, that I think that uh, has helped us so much is we have amateur radio classes, uh, and a lot of groups do that, but we actively work with them after they get their license. Uh, We've even gone to the point that right now, before our regular Monday night net, uh, we have a youth net 30 minutes prior uh, tailored uh, just for the younger amateurs, be a scout or non-scout, and we will average uh, 10 to 12 uh, youngsters, teenagers, uh, uh, even in uh, high school that will take part in the youth net, and then we go into the regular Aries net after that. So it's, it's been a, a labor of love that we, we've act, actively uh, in, encouraged that and worked with them. Well, I'll tell you something. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's been impressive. And in addition to that, I was going to tell Marie about this. I just went over to watch them do testing. And you guys are involved with Butch Smith in the in yes. the testing. Now, is that part of your group, or is that is that, or do you guys just work with another group, or how is that? No, it just so happens that um, I, I was one of the earlier folks that uh, was with uh, Butch's group, and as we have uh, members of WCARES who have gotten their VE credentials, uh, we have just uh, naturally flowed up to uh, the national VE team since it's uh, not an independent group and not affiliated with the club. 
Uh, we just have at a, approximately half of the Nashville VE team is made up of uh, of uh, Williamson County members. Mm-hmm. That's um, now, and in, in, as far as uh, I'm, I'm going to ask Marie here because she's she's into everything else. I'm going to ask her: Are you do you, are, do you do anything with ARES or do you? No, you not you're not a storm spotter. You're not, you're well, not. I did take that course years ago, <laughs> but it's been a long time ago. Well, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that she chases tornadoes. It would not surprise me in the least, you know, at this point. But do you do you listen to the weather nets when they get when the storms are coming through? Well, yeah, I do. That's I find that, you know, if even if you if you know, of course, participating is the key to making it a success, but. Even just listening is very interesting. You know, it's a, it it's certainly a, is, and uh, we have an active group uh, within the county. And if you're familiar with uh, Middle Tennessee, with the National Weather Service out in Old Hickory, and the, all the surrounding counties have a liaison operator, so we just have one uh, station per county that actually communicates with the National Weather Service. But then all of the surrounding counties will have their individual nets going. And uh, works out very good uh, for us in Middle Tennessee. Uh, I, you know, I'm not familiar with uh, with what it goes on here in Huntsville. Uh, you know, as, as opposed to what goes on. Of course, I don't know a whole lot more about what goes on in the Nashville area, and I listen <laughs> to it, but I don't necessarily understand what I'm listening to. I don't know what Peter is connected to who and whatnot. You know, but I I um, I have um, I've caught. Uh, I've caught a, a few of the, the nets that you guys run, and I found those real interesting. Now, how how do you interface with the with the testing team? Now, when I I guess here, now let me ask this question: When we went out for the to watch them test to do the the volunteer testing with, with Butch, there was a, a fellow from your group that was actually providing radios for some of the younger people that were getting their technician license. That is correct. Uh, one of the members uh, who was a scout when he was. A youngster and has an affinity for for the young folks in the scouting program, and we had a uh, license class this uh, February, and we timed the class so that the students would graduate at that March session that you attended, uh, unbeknownst to the the scouts that were uh, in the class. Uh, when they tested and got their license, he presented a two-meter uh, radio, handheld radio, and he, uh, the day you were there, I believe he gave three out, and there were three others tested subsequent to that, and he provided each one of those six young men with a, uh, with a uh, two-meter handy talkie so they could get on the air. It was just his way of giving back to the scouting program. What, what this fellow had done, now from what I understand, is he had, he had picked these radios up somewhere at a ham fest. Right. And then, and then actually re- reworked them, did yes. some work on them, yeah. and got them all ready to go. So we were there. We were watching these kids, and they, 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 after they passed the test, they'd come out. And here he's standing there with a radio in hand ready to give to them. Oh, isn't that nice? You know, and, uh, and they lit up like Christmas trees. I mean, oh, they just you know, they were like, and uh, they were grinning from ear to ear. And he, was, and he took the radio, and he took his time to explain a little bit how it operated and, and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, this is just really a good thing. This is just very, very incredible. It was. And uh, and they, in turn, went back to some of the other uh, scouts who were uh, not in the radio classes. Look what I got. Look what I got. So oh, yeah. <laughs> already we have interest built up for uh, our next series of classes. So I imagine we will recruit some more then. Well, you know, you have to keep your eye open. 
And I, I guess these flea market areas here is a good place because you can uh, you can find some radios. Now those were not like a a, a synthesized rig; they were crystal controlled. Uh, I believe or they programmed. Were, yeah, yeah, they were programmable. Uh-huh. And uh, so I believe about sixteen or eighteen channels, Ted, and uh, he got a lot of the Middle Tennessee. Uh, uh, VHF frequencies programmed in for them and then gave them a frequency list for the channel number to frequency. <coughs> I want to take just a second here to tell you, if you've just tuned into this broadcast, it's coming to you via 9330 on WBCQ. We are live from Huntsville, Alabama. This is the Huntsville Ham Fest, and this broadcast is brought to you by Trans World Antennas. And uh, that's, that's another story in itself, and that is... Uh, Sitting right in back of us is a TW2010, and you can't hardly see it uh, because it hides so well. It, it, would you notice that antenna there? I see it, yeah, right. But, but if you were walking by, would it catch you your wouldn't, eye? Well, I don't think so because it's black, too. Yeah, <laughs> it just blends in. I thought it was a tripod to hold a sign myself. <laughs> see, I, it was, this really thing, did. what's even more frustrating is if you try to take a picture of it. We took it outside somewhere. We were trying to get some pictures of this antenna. And we had to move the thing around in about four different locations to get something that it would contrast against, you know. So uh, normally what happens is when, uh, when Transworld sets up, usually in one of these places, they get a booth for the antenna all by itself so they can put a yellow background or something in back of it so you can actually see it. But uh, it is a high-performance antenna. Uh, it hides, and that's one of the major things. You can take it like somebody that, that lives in an apartment complex you can put this thing right on your balcony. And I've worked with them, and they're uncanny. They really, really work. You would think that a small antenna would be, um, you know, would compromise in performance, but, but they don't. Not at all. These things, uh, they, they definitely do, do the job. But anyways, that's where we're at. We're in Huntsville, and this is the Huntsville Ham Fest. And uh, this is the QSO Radio Show. We're talking to Jack Cox, and he is with the uh, Williamson County... Amateur Radio Emergency Service. Okay, he's with Williamson County ARES, and also Marie Esnault is with us. And uh, Marie just passed her general class license back here not too long ago. And uh, we've been just tickled having her on the air. We did a radio show with her. She she is uh, 82 years young, and she's quite an inspiration here for folks that uh, are thinking about, about getting that license. And uh, we just about accused her of chasing tornadoes, but we didn't. She wouldn't let me get away, get away with that. We did that. <laughs> you, you, this, your son does that? Yeah, we <laughs> passed the test. <laughs> All righty. Now, uh, with with, um, with Williamson County, uh, how many members are in this group, do you think? I don't think. I just counted them up yesterday. Okay, well. Uh, No, we have 160 members uh, in the organization. And we, one of the reasons we have succeeded so much in what we do, Ted, is uh, at the test session you mentioned you were there. uh, If we see someone come in to test that is a Williamson County resident and we don't know about them, we get their name and address and 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 follow up with them. Uh, if we see in Tennessee, you're aware, and most of the states have amateur radio plates for their automobiles. Uh, if any of our members spot a license plate and they don't recognize the the call, they'll write it down, send it to me, and uh, I have an active file of uh, people I have contacted. Uh, we have uh, 
uh, friends and family that will uh, know a friend that knows a friend. So we make an, a, a concerted effort to reach out to the amateur community, and not everyone is uh, interested in uh, be, being a member of uh, Aries or, or that aspect, but the, those who are looking for a family and a lot of the new hams coming into the hobby with the uh, uh, no-code tech and now no-code in any of it, um, they will pick up a book because I've always wanted to be a ham and study on their own and get their license, but they don't know what happens next. So uh, we very actively go after those people to help them out, to get them involved, and it just it grows on itself. It's, it's no magic bullet, but it's, it's just the, the perfect storm, and it's all come together at the right time for us. Uh, I was going to say, uh, you know, one of the things... <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get in trouble here. Uh, one of the one of the things that uh, that I wanted to, to ask you about is activities that your group has that's apart from emergencies. Were, were you gonna say something, Marie? No, no. I thought you, I thought you were gonna say something. I didn't want to. I didn't want to cut you off. Uh, apart from emergencies, apart from emergency operation, what kind of things are there um, for people to do? Well, we've just recently, uh, in the last six months, uh, because of the interest, uh, have gotten fox hunt uh, training going on. We had one of the members who did some research and bought the uh, tape measures to make these three-element tape measure uh, fox hunt yaggies, and he built kits up uh, so that the people that were interested in uh, getting involved with fox hunting uh, we do that. Uh, we do uh, community support. We're going to do a uh, cancer bicycle ride uh, support next month. Um, we also do a, a support with the uh, uh, Williamson County Sheriff's Department. We, well, of course, that would fall a little more into the emergency side, but uh, providing backup communications for them. But uh, we have we have other than you know emergency. But the, even in the stuff we do, we do it in the concept of staying comfortable, staying familiar with the net operations, so that if we do get in an emergency, uh, all of these activities will train toward that. I see. I was I was wondering because some of these I want to say there's some folks I talk to that 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 are that are wanting to do fun things, and they're not necessarily. Uh, too carried away with the emergency stuff, you know. And then you've got other guys that like the emergency stuff, and they don't care about fox hunts, you know. You follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. We've got we've got uh, somebody with us here. We need to talk to okay. real quick. And I was going to say, can I get a? I'll so t- let her have this because I've got my ride is going to go, and I've got to get back. So Uh-oh. it was good well, to now catch we up. We don't want to make you miss your ride. No, no. Sure. <laughs> so good, Ted. And after we we've been trying to do this for a while, and we'll and still follow have, up with another one. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We have with us here the uh, the young ham of the year. Congratulations, too. And uh, the name is Andrew. I know that, but I, I I haven't got your last name, Andrew. So why don't you give me your your last name and the call sign? Okay, well, my last name my last name is Koenig, Andrew Koenig, um, and my call sign is Kilo Echo Five Golf Delta Bravo. It's a it's really a mouthful. I need to get myself another call sign, but uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's the name and call sign. Well, tell me something. Uh, wh- how did you get into the hobby? What got your interest up, and what was it that really, uh, uh, I guess I want to say, caught your eye about ham radio? Well, it's it's actually kind of a different story. Um, y- 
it started out back in uh, seventh or sixth grade. You know, I, I went to this magnet program um, for gifted and talented students in our dis- in our uh, local school district, and uh, they offer this program where you they have nine week mini courses, and uh, the the they're you know they're nine weeks long and they they vary from scuba diving to ham radio licensing. So my first mini course, you know, because I'm a I'm an electronics type of guy, um, was the ham radio mini course, and uh, I, I took it and I got my technician class license with uh, I think somewhere in ninety fifth uh, or ninety five percent correct, and um, so from then on, you know, I, I got a loaner handy talkie, and then uh, for Christmas that year, I got my my first FT sixty, and uh, since then uh, the collection has just been building. Well, so now. Um What's what's got your interest? Which direction you're going to go in? What do you what what are you wanting to do? Well, in in, in ham radio, um, I, I've been really active in satellites and stuff, and uh, that 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 right now has caught my interest. Uh, it, you know, I live about three miles away from the Johnson Space Center in Houston, so space has a bit has a big influence on my life, and uh, it's really neat to be a part of that. You know, by you know uh, doing lots of stuff with AMSAT, you know, and uh, I, I'm active on those satellites, and I also. Uh, you know, in life, I plan on you know doing something radio related or computer related because those are my two big interests. You know, uh, something to do with RF engineering or uh, uh, something along the lines of computer engineering. You know, I a lot of people congratulate me on like my abilities to fix a network. You know, it's really surprising because I I'm generally the network guy at all the LAN parties I go to. <laughs> so, let me ask you this question: Are you are you? Uh are, are you act, oh, this is kind of a dumb question for somebody his age but are you active on facebook and uh i i do have a facebook <laughs> i don't have a myspace um but I, and i i don't believe in twitter i think that's a little stupid but you know uh, <laughs> you're not a twitter person <laughs> I, I i don't tweet but i've got friends that do and uh you know as it it's it has its place in the internet but i don't really care for it well while you're you're talking here we've got tom k5 or w5kub uh, here with the, uh, with, with, you know, I want to call him, and I, this is terrible, you can throw something at me, I'm going to call him the helmet cam guy, but I have, I've been watching these videos from the, from all these different ham fests from all over the country, uh, you know, he's at Dayton, and he, and he travels, when he, he puts the camera on the minute he leaves the house, you know, so it's a, it's a real interesting thing, now, about two years ago, or three years ago, I think it was, we went back home on Saturday night, and then on Sunday, I, I, I turned on the video and was watching the video, and then a friend of mine was down here. Now, of course, we're typical hams, so I got him on the cell phone. I said, "Well, go get in front of the camera and wave at us," you know. So, so we're we're back in Nashville. First time, first time I met Andrew was about two years ago at Dayton. Get up a little closer. Yeah, the first time I met Andrew was about two years ago at Dayton, and we were having trouble with the chat room. And this guy was how were you two years ago? About 13, 13 years old. This guy practically rebuilt the chat room from scratch and got us going. So this guy, this guy is a. He, He's a smart guy and uh, great. I think the Young Ham of the Year was a great award for him there. And, uh, and 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 we're live right now. We're broadcasting to maybe a hundred countries around the world right now, Ted. And Very, we did an interview with you a while back. Uh, this is the yep. first time I've seen you in person. Nice uh-huh. to meet you. Yes, sir. Yeah, we 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 got we got Tom on and we we made him talk for two hours and uh, we we had we had a whole lot of fun. Now, Tom, let me ask you this: Have you met Marie Esnall? Okay, Marie Esnall, and and don't run off, Andrew. Here we're not unless you unless you got to be somewhere real quick. Uh, 
Marie just passed her general class license not too long ago, and and I you know I hate we're not supposed to tell ladies' age over the, over the radio, but she's 82 years old and got her general ticket. And Martin Jew told us you've got to interview this lady, so we put her on, and it was really it was really a cool interview. We had a lot of people very impressed and listening to it. Now this fellow here does the all the live video casting from these events, and uh, it's it's really something to watch and listen to at the same time. There's a chat room set up, too, and the people are... Chat room on. You know, and they're talking back and forth to each other, and... The guy in England just won a hat? Uh, well, Andrew, let me ask you this question. You're an IT fella, it sounds like to me. You're, you're, do, do, you, do you do any work with Linux at all? Do you have any interest in... in uh, in any of the, the Linux distros? Yes, I, I actually do do a lot of Linux stuff. Um, I That actually started with IRLP, you know, because mm-hmm. IRLP is a Linux-only um, type of operation. And um, so I set up my IRLP node. At that point, I had no clue what was going on when it booted up. And, you know, it was like an old DOS-style command line. You know, I, I had no clue what was going on with that. But um, I eventually I figured it out, and uh, now I operate a, a web server. Um, I, the IRLP node is still going, but I operate a web server that's in uh, St. Louis. It runs Linux, and uh, I also just installed Ubuntu on my desktop, and um, that's that. I, I really enjoy that. It's it's really really neat, you know, being able to have my own command line for, uh, um, you know, to run anything I want. And so I, I I am a big Linux guy. In fact, I might actually be moving completely to Linux from Windows Vista. Well, I, and I was I was wondering because I, in I in in this day and time, of course, the internet is like dependent on on Linux. I don't know what it would be like if uh, all the web servers out there were, were Windows. I don't I don't know what we would. Uh, <laughs> he's well, shaking his head. You, you, know, you know, they they say they don't run Windows on uh, any aircraft because it would crash. Mm-hmm. So that's why they don't run Windows. So it, so in other words, we, there's no Windows on any airplane running. No. Now, I, I didn't know that. That was something I was totally unaware of, but it makes perfect sense. You know, it would just crash and wouldn't be good. Um, well, do you do you run a web server yourself? I mean, do you have one up online? It's, it's a Linux box somewhere that's on? Yes, I do. And um, you have a web page of your own up there or something? It, believe it or not, it's actually called thathamkid.com. Thathamkid, okay. So um, I, I the server's in St. Louis. It's actually, uh, you know, I used to run a server out of my closet, but then... Uh, um, you know, I, I was convinced after Hurricane Ike where I, I had a hard drive. Uh, not only did we have a hurricane and um, no Internet for quite a while, I had a hard drive failure, and uh, um, that convinced me to move uh, my server to St. Louis, you know. And uh, I'm now using a virtual private host in St. Louis and has a big Internet pipe on it, and that's uh, that's what I do for my server. My IRLP node still runs out of my closet, though. Okay. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've gone basically through the same thing with him. This is my son, and, and he's been a, a, a Linux um, a Linux guru I guess I want to say and he drives we're all he drives us all crazy because nobody can understand what he's saying most of the time you know but uh, you know like you know he, he, he'll he'll make statements like you know uh, you know he'll say you know I, I'm, I'm just going to send you to dev null and I don't know what he means by that but uh, uh, <laughs> dev null is awesome for just those lids that are out on uh, like on email reflectors and stuff you know it's one way to do it well Tom um, were, were, did you get? Were you able to get the? Uh, have they done the award yet for him? They? Yes, uh, it was. Uh, it was at twelve o'clock today, noon, and we broadcasted it. And I actually archived it. So if anybody missed it, it will be on our website, wfikub.com. 
after Hamfest, we'll have all our archives running all year, so they'll be able to check it out. And, and hey, we've got a note here to the lady here that just got her license. I think he's in Louisiana. He said, uh, new 82 years young general class. That's me. That's you. He's saying hello and congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> My husband's from New Orleans, too. Your husband's from New Orleans. He learned his first, he got his first ticket there. Well, uh, her husband was the, uh, one of the pioneers for Oscar. Uh-huh, okay. One of the very first pioneers that, that was involved in putting up the Oscar satellite. So that was that's a uh, that, that's a milestone. Of course, she watched, she was around when the whole thing was happening and coming oh, yeah. together. So, you know, that's a... I, was, um, also, I want to say, uh, actually, a thank you to uh, William Pasternak. I don't know if you all... I'm sure you all know Bill, but, you know, he is one of the... I guess I want to say the founding fathers of the Young Ham of the Year Award. And uh, he really puts a lot of work in uh, all year long with Amateur Radio Newsline. And uh, we really appreciate what he does. And I, that's, I think the Young Ham of the Year is a real, uh, a real good thing. And uh, we're, we're really certainly proud that that, that, that that exists, you know, especially for finding young fellows like you and, uh, and, and uh, maybe giving you some encouragement and a, and a, and a pat on the back and a, and a little help on top of that. Tell me, where, where you, what do you plan on doing now as far as ham radio? I mean, are you, are you, are you going for a, a license upgrade anytime soon? or what's? Uh... Well, um, I, I, I need to get my extra class license done. You know, I, it, do, it doesn't have that many benefits since I can't do any VE, um, any VE stuff quite yet, but um, I, I do need to get my extra done and... Uh, just a little closer to the mic there. Oh, sorry about that. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to get my extra class sometime soon. You know, I'm hoping to get it in the next year or two, but I've also been saying that for the past year or two. <laughs> so, um, you know, but the the new rig that I got, the FT817, that's going to open up a lot of doors because uh, I haven't had the ability to do, you know, any 2-meter or 440 single sideband, and that just allowed me to do, you know, a couple more satellites, and uh, uh, that, that alone is going to help me out quite a bit, so... Well, let me let me take you down this road, for for folk for young guys out there, or even folks my age and older, mm-hmm. if they've never worked a satellite, now you seem like you're really interested in this. Oh yes. Tell them a little bit about what they've got to do. Well, it, it's actually really quite simple. You know, you um, I I have an aero antenna. It, it's my it, it's a you know just a two meter four forty antenna, and uh, I aim it at the sky towards the satellite. Um, there's software out there, out there that'll help you tell where the satellite is, and uh, you know it'll give you times and it'll give you a uh, direction and also an elevation. And so you just take the air antenna and you point it at the sky and uh, you talk on your radio. There's a little bit of tuning involved since you know it moves like one of the satellites. Uh, it switches from dot 310 meg- or 310 kilohertz to uh, you know 290 as the pass goes through and. Uh, it, it's really simple once you get the hang of it, but sometimes it does get complicated to operate. You know, three things with only two hands. <laughs> and what? How long? How long a pass do you normally have when you're when you're? In, and which satellites are you working? Well, um, I I work three different satellites: AO27, SO50, and AO51. Those are all FM satellites. You know, you can use your dual band handy talkie. In fact, I've actually used them plenty of times with just my little Yezu VX2 operating with 100 milliwatts. You know, you don't need a very large transmit, and you don't need uh, much receive. You just need a nice antenna to receive it. And um, the, uh, with that FT817 that uh, Yesu uh, awarded me with, I'll be able to work 
uh, multiple more satellites. Um, there's AO, AO7. That's been up there for, I don't know, I, uh, how many years has AO7 been up there? 15 or 16 now. The, the M- MSAT booth next door, they just said AO7 has been up for 30 years. So um, I'll, I'll be able to work AO7 and uh, VO52. That's an Indian satellite that was launched. And uh, there'll be quite a couple more satellites that I'll be able to do with uh, the FD-817. Yeah, hey, hey uh, Ted, let me tell you a little story about Andrew here. I, I think it's right. Uh, a few years ago, I got interested in satellite, and on the chat room, we all met in Dayton, and we've been on the chat room every night since then, and I got interested in satellite. So I, I think that's about time Andrew got interested in Sam, uh, who's standing over here, and we started working satellites, you know. And and next thing I know, uh, Andrew, a 13-year-old, a 13-year-old has talked to one of the crew members inside the International Space Station, and I, I couldn't do it. It took me a year to do it, but I think he did it from his bicycle or something. No, that, that one wasn't from the bicycle, but it was with just two handheld radios. And uh, it, it was really weird because, you know, uh, they've got a website out there that will let you know what the uh, or what the crew is doing at the time you know, or what the different satellite statuses are. And, uh, you know, people report if the crew is active. And uh, I went out there, and I saw that they had been active on some previous passes and went out there, aimed my antenna at the sky, and uh, there was the ISS. And it's really easy to hear. Um, I actually worked them without the aero antenna and with only 5 watts and a rubber ducky once. Well, when you first looked up on them, what was going through your head? What were you thinking? I was thinking, wow, I'm actually talking to some astronauts. <laughs> you know, I, I had done it once before, but it was a planned schedule, you know, with the ARISS program, and uh, I had never done it, you know, on my own. And it was really neat, you know, actually in my antenna at the sky and talking to them by myself, you know, without anybody else. And uh, I actually asked them, you know, hey, where do you live? And they said, oh, Houston, Texas. And... Um, they live actually it turns out about three or four miles away from my house you know because i live i live about three or four miles away from the johnson space center and uh, you know they astronauts live pretty close to that too so oh have you got to meet any of them by any chance um i got to meet bill MacArthur. i shook his hand and i did a presentation with him um uh i think that picture is actually in the cq magazine um so if y'all get the september issue uh it's a, there's a picture of that in there and uh I, I have met quite a few astronauts over the years. We had a Joe Kerwin. He, he was a. <laughs> sorry, he, he he was he was one of our next door neighbors. He worked on the original Skylab, and uh, he was he lived right across the street from us. Um, now let me ask you this: What about your friends? Okay, you the, the, the you know guys you hang out with that are your age. What do they think about your 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 love for the hobby and the? Uh, the technical side of it. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. Most of my friends are band geeks, so most of it's pretty acceptable to them. Okay. Um, I, I try and keep it on the down low for everybody else, you know, because there's a lot of people that don't know I'm a ham, you know. Back at back in intermediate school at Westbrook Intermediate, um, I everybody knew I was a ham, you know. I would carry a handy talkie around school, and that was okay. But now in high school, um, it's, it's a little different because, you know, there's 4,000 people at my high school, and uh, not everything is as simple as it was back at Westbrook Intermediate. And uh, I generally try and keep the handy talkies in my backpack. And, uh, um, you know, my, my, most of my friends, you know, they, they, they're not hams themselves, but they, they do think that it's pretty cool, and uh, they, they're pretty supportive of it, of it most of the time. I was going to say, because some of the some of the, the young people we've talked to, and they say, well, you know, I got my ham license, but all my friends think that, you know, that we're, we're just geeks or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, 
but it's cool when you've got a group of friends around you that are that, that are into it you know that, that you can you can spend time with and when i was growing up i remember you know of course we didn't have all the technology that we had today but my friends we used to we used to get together with reel to reel tape recorders you know and we would spend the whole night dubbing tapes and doing stuff like i know we won't talk about that but <laughs> but anyways no, we didn't have any ipods that's for sure so uh so how tom you know obviously you know him how did you guys first meet well, actually, uh, we, I think we met in Dayton a couple years ago, and he mm-hmm. may have got on a chat room leading up to Dayton. Uh, you know, our, our Dayton broadcast, we always have the chat rooms on 365 days a year, and basically that's where we talk to each other nearly every day. Uh, uh, several of us uh, are on there every day and chatting, and we may say, hey, you want to go work a satellite pass? There's going to be one in 10 minutes, and we might run up there, mm-hmm. and we'll actually talk to each other through the satellite or or uh, talk about antennas and just a lot of different things, you know. Yep. Well, there, now there's a good example in amateur radio where you have two people that are really kind of at opposite ends of the spectrum, uh, and yet there is such a commonality inside of, of amateur radio. Once you get inside the hobby, now all of a sudden you guys have, you know, have something very, very much in common. And uh, it, it, it provides a means or a way, I guess I want to say, to, uh, to get two people together that normally would never meet, you know, would never. W- w- would you not say that that's not the case, that, you know, that if it, if, it were, if it were not for amateur radio, there probably wouldn't be any, any, any reason for you guys to have ever met up? No. Well, yeah, I think, that, you know, we probably would not have met, but I think ham radio and even the Internet now, uh, you know, uh, really plays a lot into, you know, building friendships and working with people just at great geographical differences. Th- this guy's so smart. You know, I was I was picking a mic up. No, wait, I was picking a mic up while ago to get him to talk, so he so the people on the internet would hear him. Mm-hmm. But he's smart enough. He he put the mic down here by the speaker, and I think when he talks, he's coming out the speaker. So <laughs> everybody's hearing him, and we were worried about the mics on the floor. You know. Yeah, he's I mean, micing the PA system here. Is what he's doing. <laughs> he, he's sharp, man. He's just he's sharp. That's all. Well, that's that's and that's exactly what it takes. Well, you got you got your gentleman here now. Who's this fellow? What's his call sign or what? Yeah. Well, uh, that's it. I can Ed? never I can never get him to get his license. But he he comes with us on these trips. He goes to Dayton with us. We've been going for about twenty eight years. We set up. We we uh, you know go through all the weather and the ice and everything, and he sticks right there with us. So. One of these days, we're going to get a license uh, for him. It's easy, Ed. It's easy. And we got some other guys. Here's Sam and John that uh, help us uh, with our broadcast. They're, they came down from uh, Syracuse, New York, uh, this weekend to kind of help and see Andrew. They met him also uh, through Ham Radio and talked in the chat room with him. Well, yeah, doing video is difficult, especially moving around the way you guys do. I mean, you walk around with this stuff. I mean, you know, we, we set up here at a table, and everything's nailed to the floor, you know. And you guys move all over the place. You're out in the flea market and everything else. And uh, uh, it makes it really interesting. So how many people, just out of curiosity, how many folks do you have in, the, in this chat room right now? Do you? Well, you know, I, I looked at the uh, statistics earlier. We have about 100 people. We have 100 people watching the video. They're not all logged in the chat room. We have uh, 60, around 60-plus 60 people right now in the chat room that are actually chatting with each other. You know, and, and when we do the show in Dayton, we'll have um, maybe 150 in the chat room. There may be as many as 300 watching, you know, the video. And they're from all over the place. All over. I think uh, probably 150 countries have uh, 
probably watch this. Well, you know, and, and it's interesting because you know we're, we're both dealing with, I guess, I'm going to say unusual modes because we're on right now. We're on shortwave radio, and of course, the shortwave it covers all over the place. You have no idea where the thing's going to wind up. We get letters and cards and mail things, people listening in places that I didn't even know existed. And uh, so that, and you know, now of course the internet's getting to the point where it's almost everywhere. There's some other places, places where it's not, but for the most part, there's places that you wouldn't even dream that folks are that are getting internet access, and and they're there. You know, they're they're there watching. Um, now, what do you think, Andrew? I've heard I've heard guys say this business about Echolink. You know, this Echolink and this IRLP, that's just not ham radio. Well, um, <laughs> I got I, him on the spot now. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Echolink, um, Echolink is a little different than IRLP. There's mm-hmm. there's one big thing that separates the two of them. Echolink has uh, the ability to log in as a PC user and to use a computer mic and uh, and uh, a computer mic and computer speakers to talk to other people. But IRLP is a little different because IRLP, you know, actually requires a radio and um, to talk through IRLP, it actually has to go through RF. Um, and that, that that's where I think it separates the two. You know, I have an Echolink node installed on or Echo IRLP node, um, and that has Echolink and IRLP. But I much prefer IRLP because it keeps you know some of the computer users that um, that you know might not even be hams. You know, they have a verification process, but you know, there, there's I'm not even too sure if uh, everybody that's connected to my node has been a ham. And uh, I, I I do enjoy IRLP, you know, because uh, I don't I know it's a shortwave radio broadcast and y'all can't see him, but there's this guy here named Sam. His um, call is KC2LRC, and uh, we have regular rag chewing sessions on IRLP and. Um, I, you know, we talk to each other. I live in Houston. He lives in New York. And uh, we talk to each other with our handy talkies. So it definitely wouldn't be possible, you know, with the equipment I had um, without IRLP. And uh, I, I like it for that reason. But I, I'm not too sure if I completely agree with, you know, using computer speakers and computer mics for ham radio. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you something. The, the thing about Echolink, uh, Echolink is still very, very cool. Because you can sit with your, with your PC in a motel room. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 log into a a repeater somewhere across town. I know he he's working for the Dave Ramsey organization, and he's Dave's mm-hmm. chief engineer, so he travels a lot. And he'll he'll be in some town somewhere, and I'm able to to log into that repeater and talk to him on his HT. He's out going for a walk somewhere, and I I you know to me I I think they're they're fantastic modes of communication. To me, they seem similar. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I think it's cool you can originate a, a, a QSO on a notebook without necessarily having to, to have, find a repeater locally in town that's got IRLP on it and then be able to, mm-hmm. to, to connect the two together. Um, but I, I think both of them are milestone uh, communications they're, they're a very good way of applying you know current technology and ham radio together because as we all know ham radio isn't it, it's dying you know there's not that many ham or there's more hams that are uh, you know forgetting to renew their licenses than there are hams that are um, getting their licenses and um, echo echolink and IRLP are you know they're integrating newer technology with the good old stuff what do you think is um, what, what do you think is the best thing? That fellows my age and, 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 and Tom's age and whatnot, what can we do to pique the interest of fellows your age? 
what, 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 I guess I want to say, what is it maybe that we're not doing that we could be doing? Well, I, the one thing to avoid is boring class sessions. You know, always do some demonstrations. Always, always do stuff that that grabs the attention of people. But don't don't explain you know all the technical details right away. You always want to be sure to grab them and hook them on, into the hobby before you get into the the stuff that might not interest them as much as seeing you know the ISS go by and talking to them at the same time. You know, there's there's lots of different things that you can do. Um, but you, the first thing that you really need to do is get their attention and impressing them with something like talking to the International Space Station with a handheld is one of the many ways to do it. You know, I've talked to people in Italy through IRLP, and I think that's the reason that a couple of my friends have their licenses. And just stuff like that has been, you know, really helpful towards, you know, getting pe- getting more people licensed and getting more people on the air. Well, what, what do you think about projects like, like fox hunting? Does any of that... Fo- it, uh, interesting. Does that... Do you find that interesting? Fox hunting is... I like that a lot. I, I don't know what my friends think of it, but I, I, I really enjoyed that... Um, Fox hunting, that was one of the fun, more fun activities that we did when we were uh, getting our license in that class at Westbrook. Um, you know, I think it was once every two or three weeks we'd head outside and uh, KC5KBO would set up his little FT-51 on crossband repeat and uh, we'd try and find the FT-51 and um, that, that was lots of fun. We learned a lot of cool techniques and that, that, that was really fun for me. Um, fox hunting is one of the more interesting ways. Ted, uh one of the uh, one of the things you didn't talk about, you mentioned uh, Echolink and, and the other. They're they're asking on the chat room about D Star. I personally am not in, even involved in D Star in any way. And also uh, that question came from uh, the UK G three Z H I. Wanted to say hello to you, Ted. And he's asking about uh, D Star. About D Star. Well, you know, I'm not knowledgeable about D Star. Uh, I, I bet you Andrew is. I bet you can tell I, you all you need to know. I, about actually, um, I I'm not too familiar with D Star either. Um, the one thing I can tell you, though, is that it's not really the buyer's market for D-Star, you know, because the only carrier is ICOM, and their radios are really expensive, um, or their D-Star handy talkies are really expensive. Um, you know, for me to be on D-Star, they would have to have something priced, you know, under $200, and I know that that's not going to happen anytime soon. And I'd also rather have some gear that wasn't all ICOM. Well, you know, I, I guess, I, you know, I don't know that much about it, but I know it it's involves digital modes. And let me ask you about that. What uh, what about the digital modes? Are you are you are you into that? Do you do, are you using any of the digital modes? And what do you think about them? And and, and how do you see them? I, I enjoy APRS. Um, in fact, I, I my dad he surprisingly went out and got me an iPhone. And so since then I've been tinkering with it and playing with a bunch of cool different things. And uh, um, I, one of the cool things that I've developed for it is a APRS interface for the iPhone. And uh, you can actually beacon your position from the phone itself using its little GPS uh, geolocation thing. And uh, that, that was really neat. And, uh, you know, that's one digital mode. But then some of the other things I've done, uh, uh, PSK31, that's really, that's really a lot of fun. You know, um, I enjoy doing that at field day. I worked a VK station with uh, PSK31 at a field day a couple years ago. And that was when the bands were really bad. And, you know, that was a fun QSO, and there's been a lot of different QSOs like that uh, through PSK31 that I've really enjoyed. And uh, that, that's my share of the digital modes, and, of course, Echolink and IRLP. Well, you know, I got into a discussion with, with a couple of fellows uh, here not too long ago. We were talking about, uh, and, and, of course, they said there's, they brought up D-Star, and they also brought up Windlink. Mm-hmm. And they pointed out that that's two different camps, which I didn't quite understand. 
<laughs> you know, I don't, I don't understand much about the digital modes, those types of digital modes. To me, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, to me, you know, teletype is a digital mode, and I, I used to have an old Model 15. I'm sure you don't even know what that is, no. but <laughs> a lot of guys out there do. The, um, uh, I, I guess the thing of it is, is that the, um, the two camps. Uh, what is it? Winlink and uh, and and D Star. At least I, I, I've been told those are the two camps. And what the discussion was about is about the possibility of amateurs being able to build up a type of a network to where they would have something that is similar to the internet. In other words, um, uh, where you would have web pages and email and mm-hmm. FTP and all like on a. On a, I guess I want to, maybe I want to call it an intranet, but apart from the regular internet that operates totally and completely from RF. And yeah. I, I thought about that and I thought, wow, how in the world would they do that? Of course, now that would be up to you. <laughs> Fellas your age, yeah. now, you're the guys that are going to have to come up and design something like that. But, you know, um, I, I've heard about D-Star repeaters that actually have, you know, you can get 150 kilobits a se- or kilobytes a second, you know, bi-directional, you know, internet traffic through D-Star links. Um, I've heard of people creating TCP IP links uh, with, you know, simple 1200 baud modems. You know, uh, I read an article about a guy that built a ham radio balloon and it had a computer on board that controlled everything and uh, he created a TCP IP link through a you know 1200 uh, 1200 baud modem and uh, you know i i know that there are ways of you know getting internet and intranet traffic through ham radio but um, i i i don't know if there's going to be anything you know like a ham radio intranet anytime soon well it'd be interesting to have something like that it would be rf accessible you know oh, yes. just uh, just off of rf but I can't. I can't even imagine how they would do it. But I'll tell you what. There's people out there that would figure that out. Mm-hmm. You tell them, well, this is what we want to do, and 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 they come up with it. What do you think about that, Tom? Because you're. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm thinking about the Model 15 right now. You, you know, t- Ted, you said I, I I wouldn't know what it was. Uh, Forty years ago, I was in the Air Force, and I was a teletype repairman, and I, I did work on uh, the Model uh, what 14s, the Model 28s, and. You know, so forth. So uh, I'm an old teletype guy. Well, I, I had an old Kleinschmidt machine with a with a perforated yeah, yeah. tape, and I worked on those too. See, the, what they what they had was that we had the, they had this this tape, paper tape that had it mm-hmm. had would punch holes in the tape. Okay, All and the then punch you'd guards and stuff. Yeah, and and you'd have these big rolls of tape. You'd hang them on the wall. You'd have different ones, and each one would have a different picture. They had I remember they had uh, uh, pictures of. Uh, uh, what was the guy's name? I remember they, the, this one transmitted a lot. I think it was Harry Daniel, at that time was president of the ARRL. They had a picture of him, and then there was various pictures of, of ladies in bathing suits and things like that, and hams would pass these things back and forth on teletype. I, did, did you ever see any of that done oh, at yeah, all? I used to have them rolled up and hanging on the wall. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know five, uh, five holes across the tape, you know, it's, and uh, you, you, uh, well, you know, when you... Well, you punch those when you uh, type. Uh, it would punch the holes in it, and you just roll it up, kind of like, uh, you know, a, or you'd save it like an audio tape, but it was like Ted's saying, it was a paper tape with holes in it. You take it down, you put it in your uh, reader, and you turn it on, and you go click, 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 about that speed, and it would, you know, type those letters on the uh, thing, and it's just like you do today, you know, when you put little symbols on uh, on your computer and it makes pictures, it's the same thing, but we were doing it with teletype, you know, 40 years ago. Well, it was fun. It really was. I mean, and, and uh, 
the a lot of the guys would set the teletype machines up in a you call it in a data mode, and they would just stay parked on a frequency, and they would just they would type messages back and forth to each other all day long. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's exactly what's going on with the data modes now. I mean, you, you got a radio set up, and uh, and of course I I've not done any of this, so I, I'm I'm totally you know out of that loop. But I'm I'm so glad that the that there's guys out there doing it because. Uh, and I understand they've taken it way beyond anything like that. So. You know, it's funny because there's this local guy. Um, he, he belongs to uh, the homebrew seg in our area. And uh, he was just talking about, you know, what if we built a contesting radio that contests with other radios by itself, you know? Like where it, it does digital and uh, it just tries to, you know, go out and contest by itself. And uh, I think that'd be a cool concept. But, you know, the, the digital modes are evolving and... Uh, you know, it's 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 becoming amazing. You know, PSK thirty one in itself. I'm really amazed. Anytime I can see like six or seven simultaneous QSOs on the same frequency, that really impresses me. Oh, well, um, it's a different time and a different age now. Uh, completely, totally. Matter of fact, I had a guy tell me the other day. He says, "Well, you guys are on shortwave, but I bet you have more listeners to the podcast." You know, and I thought, well, no. Actually, we have more people listening on shortwave, but I am really surprised at the number of people. That, that get these shows from iTunes. You know, I just, it kind of blows me away to think, you know, that you've got that many people downloading from either iTunes or Zoom or some other podcast location. And that's really become quite a hot, you know, a hot item. Well, it's all a matter of convenience. You know, I, I there's this one local AMSAT net called the Houston AMSAT net, and uh, I, I can't always make it on Tuesday nights because that's when our Boy Scout uh, troop meets, and uh, they, put, they put out a pod- podcast, you know, every Wednesday morning, and... Uh, I was listening for that, you know, because it's really inconvenient for me to listen on Tuesday nights. And uh, podcasts aren't always, you know, uh, a thing of, you know, people using the Internet, but a, rather a matter of convenience. So. Well, it, it, is, it is convenient, and uh, it provides the mobility because, I mean, I, I don't know. We still, like I said, we still have tons of people that listen. I think the, the bulk of our audience is, is listening on shortwave. You know, they're listening live. Um, but it is convenient for those folks, those same folks, to know that within the area they can, they can go up there and click on this thing on iTunes. Or it'll, when they plug the, the iPod and it just vacuums it out of the computer, you know, <laughs> it goes into the, it goes into the, in, into the iPod, you know. But uh, uh, I think, I guess what I, I'd like to, to, to ask you now, and that is, what, what do you, you want to say to younger fellows that's your age that maybe, I mean, we've, now we've got quite a few that listen to shortwave, that are shortwave listening, uh, SWLs, uh, that, that, are, that are shortwave listeners, that, that are, are hobbyists, that, that, that have, have radios that they listen on, that, that toy with the idea, and even adults that toy with the idea of getting their ham license. What, uh, what would you say to these people, the ones that are sitting on the, sitting on the fence? You know? <laughs> well, hurry up and get your license. You know, it's, it's a really fun hobby, and... Uh, it, I think they would enjoy it. Um, it. It's nice, you know, to go from a one-way type of conversation to a two-way. You know, it, it's it's really neat, you know, because um, you know broadcasting is one thing, but then having a two-way QSO is a different thing. And uh, it, it you'll enjoy every every minute you spend on a radio if you get your license. So, well, I want to thank you so very much. I don't want to make you sit here any longer because i'm sure oh, you want to i'm enjoying this. i'm sure you want to get up and move around and uh and go out there in the flea market area and do some other things too so i don't want to uh i, I don't want to 
keep you pinned down here, but I want to thank you so much for and very much in the way of congratulations to you on your Young Ham of the Year Award. And uh, we just want to make sure that you just you keep going and advancing and uh, get that extra class license and, and oh, yeah. keep uh, keep doing all the things you're doing, all the IT, keep learning and mm-hmm. always always trying to turn over a rock to find out something new. And, yep. uh, there's lots of stuff out there that I know I'll be active in. You know, I think the the radio that I got today, the FT817, it opened up a new door, and uh, I'll be enjoying that. So, you know, I'm not familiar with the 817. Can you? I, I actually don't have it with me. My dad took it back to the hotel room because you know I, my, I filled up my backpack with stuff earlier, and uh, he he figured he'd go unload all that stuff in the hotel room and then bring it back so I can fill it up again. But uh, um, it, it's a neat little radio. It's a QRP, you know, five watts on all bands. Uh, I think it does 160 through 440. Um, you know, and uh, I don't think there's any 220 in there, but... Is that, is that the one that David has? It's the 817. Yep. Okay, my other son has an 817. Now I know what radio it is. Yep. I can't keep up with all the numbers, you know, is what, what, what the problem is. I have a hard time with that, too, you know. But, uh, but his is um, very compact. Now you can run it on batteries. Are, are, you, are you leaving us, Tom? He's... <laughs> Okay, he's five minutes left on the battery. I understand how that is. Well, I, I give you a charge if there was a way to do it here. Well, we appreciate you stopping by, and we could, of course you go to, to um, at, at the website again is is uh, w5kub.com. Yes, and for all of the folks that want to see the video coming in, and Tom will roam around. He goes everywhere. I mean, he'll be out in the flea market one minute, and uh, he'll be inside, and. You, I, do you follow any particular person around, or you just go? <laughs> I know sometimes the cameras are stationary, and uh, and, and the, the guys that are here at the at the Hamfest will will be moving around, and they'll go in front of the camera and stand there and uh, wave, and uh, the folks at home are watching. <laughs> I'll admit nothing is funnier nothing is funnier than seeing some guy get on his cell phone in front of the camera and say, "Hey, look at the look at the page," you know. Like I said, well, one year I did that. I went, um, I went home on Saturday night, I think it was, and a friend of mine was still here, and I got him on the, I got him on the cell phone. I said, "Well, you know, get out in front of that camera and wave at us." You know, I thought, boy, you know, talk about a, a bunch of geeks, you know, <laughs> sitting here doing. It. We're live, and we are in Huntsville. This is the Huntsville Ham Fest, and the broadcast is brought to you by Trans World Antennas, and uh, we're. We're just having a, a, a good time talking to Andrew here, the Young Ham of the Year Award. He just he just got that award, and uh, I wonder how long that that has been going on. How long have they been doing the Young Ham of the Year? Do you have any idea? Uh, Thirty, nineteen sixty-six. Is that nineteen eighty-six? Eighty-six. Okay, well, nearly now, twenty-five years. Now, 